I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. We're two hip-hop writers and fans of hip-hop. I am lead editor of The Fifth Element, where I highlight the fifth element of hip-hop, which is knowledge. And I run the Hip-Hop by Numbers Twitter account, where I research statistics and use them to paint the bigger picture. Welcome to Digging in the Digits. Ben. Hey mate, how's it going? Oh, so good, so good. How was, how was your week been? Yeah, it's alright. I mean, um, it started off a bit rough, obviously, hearing about uh, Nipsey, but, um, you know, you recovered after that. It was, it's, it's just, it's weighed heavy, so I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it on this podcast. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, like Ben said, the whole um, episode is going to be about Nipsey. Um I've, I, you know, I've been, re- I've been thinking about it for, you know, obviously since it happened. It's, it is odd how, um, a person where, you know, music-wise, I haven't, I didn't listen to much. Uh, like I only started them, um, only started them, um, like listening to him after Victory Lab, to be honest. And you know, I've heard, I've heard like his name being mentioned in a couple of like Kendrick songs from like back in the day, like when like mixtape days. But yeah. other than that, I was like, I've, I've been like sleeping on it but yeah let's uh let's, let's get into talking to a bit of nipsey and uh uh you can you can take the reins um yeah i mean i, I kind of wanted to do this episode and I, I did a few tweets on nipsey uh i was a little bit similar to you i wasn't a diehard nipsey fan but i really mm-hmm. really loved his movement and what he was doing and when he passed you know obviously it was just fucking devastating and i didn't um I didn't tweet anything for about 24 hours afterwards and just said, look, this is... And then the next day, it's all, it has to all be about Nipsey. And I really wanted to have a look at what made Nipsey different lyrically and, like, just just by the numbers. Because a lot of people were speaking about his activism and, and what he was doing in his community. And, and those are all beautiful things. You know, he was of an course. incredible human. He was a very motivating person. Yeah. And his movement that he was creating independently was very very powerful but i also wanted to have a look at what he was doing in the music industry and so i've come up with three separate categories where he really was a pioneer the last category we're going to go through is uh what he did with crenshaw his uh his mixtape from 2013 but the first one i have a look at is like how political his music was because nipsey's album Uh, Victory Lap hit number four on the Billboard 200. It was a major label record. He released it with Atlantic. But right. I did an article a couple of years ago where we looked at the political percentage of top 10 albums and I looked at Nipsey's numbers and they're actually very uh, they're very high when you consider that yeah. this is a you know, this is a mainstream a mainstream album so 26.5 percent of his bars on victory lap had a political or social socially progressive message on it and that's right. like if you compare it to kendrick's dam which was 24.4 percent jay-z's 444 okay. was 27.3 percent then if you look at like j cole's for your eyes only that was only 10.6 percent and wow so that 26.5% is actually really quite a high number. So not yeah. only was he working really hard in his community, he was 
distributing that message through his music to a huge mainstream audience, which I think is very powerful. So it was higher than all three of those? Yeah, uh, well, it was not as high as uh, Jay-Z's 444, but I mean, okay. A Tribe Called Quest was the is the highest that we got it from here is the highest number that I have found so far. That was 34%. But that album was... You know that was that was what that album was about—the political. Thank you and, for your service. Yeah. Yeah, th- yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was about the political and social climate in mm-hmm. North America at the time. So for Nipsey's album yeah. to be twenty, this is Nipsey's debut hip hop album. You know, this yeah. is like oh his debut studio album. So and this is the first uh-huh. time that the public, the greater public, the mainstream audience is going to hear him. And he chose to use twenty six point five percent of his bars to talk about the people around him and what they've been going through and, um, you know, to lift them up. And I think that's, that's really mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah. That's a major, that's a major number, honestly, like thinking about that. And like you said, the fact that it is his debut, like if we, if, if, if we actually, you know, went through his, you know, mixtape discography, I, I, I'm just taking a guess. It'll probably be less the, or, or, or more or more of the same or more of the same number. I'm not really sure, but you know, it I I hardly it, it does fascinate me the fact that you know it was his debut it was his you know like I said four on the charts and he dedicated to that so the the fact that he was it says a lot about his character and as an artist as we as we're trying to get into as an artist he wanted to make that statement. And obviously there are many artists, like you said, J. Cole, Jay-Z, Kendrick, where, you know, they're trying, they're, they're trying to, uh, you know, uh, use their platform, use the, their very high platform that they have to highlight these issues. Obviously Kendrick has several albums like that and Cole has several songs about that. Jay-Z is starting to get into that as well. Hmm. So the fact that Nipsey, you know, even though he was underground well-known your favorite rapper's favorite rapper kind of guy the fact that on a mainstream sense which is a whole nother level he dedicated to the, he you know 25 percent is met is is kind of uh is kind of respectable and very admirable from um from a person as as we said as we've already established we haven't listened listened too much yeah and i think what what i noticed running the numbers was that 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 top group of jay-z um, a tribe called Quest and Kendrick Lamar. That's really high, and they're kind of outliers. Yeah, yeah. Most of the albums that I uh, looked at sit below five percent. So Drake, for right. example, on More Life was zero point five percent. Culture <laughs> by Migos was one point three percent. The Life of Pablo was two point four percent. Big Sean's right, okay. I Decided was two point nine percent. So uh-huh. what we're seeing is. And the artists that are at the top, you know, you've got Kendrick, you've got Tribal Quest and Jay-Z. They're very, very established artists. Kendrick is at the the peak. Jay-Z, obviously, I mean, we know Jay-Z. Tribal Quest have a huge Mm -hmm. devoted fan base already. So they're not taking Mm -hmm. a risk by, by, I mean, they are taking a little bit of a commercial risk by releasing a very political or socially conscious project. It's always a risk there, isn't it? But if if Nipsey's looking for commercial success, he's going to be looking to emulate what the artists of the newer generation are doing like Drake, Migos, Big Sean, and they're not talking about political issues in their music. So Nipsey's, yeah. you know, Nips, I think it was, is quite a brave move to do something like that. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the thing, isn't it? The fact that is people like you know Tribal Quest that have been through the have gone down this road several times. Kendrick has gone down this road several times, mm. but it's the fact that it's the fact that it is Nipsey's first, and you know it could it could have just bombed. It really easily could have just bombed, and you know that obviously as a person that wouldn't have stopped him. You know it be wouldn't be the be all and end all, mm. but it could it could have it could have easily just not been that you know there are there are many there 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 as i go through you know just listening to new stuff you know there are some times where the the conscious route sometimes falls on deaf ears you know um lupe fiasco's one um, i can think of off the top of my head where you know he doesn't get the commercial you know success even though his lyrics are so dense his subject matter is so dense yeah he doesn't he, do, he just doesn't get it and sometimes it is just a you just have to you know you can you can hypothesize of why isn't lupe on kendrick's level or why is this and this you know you can ask but sometimes you just got a shrug and sometimes it just doesn't it just doesn't click with people um you know it's 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 just how it goes sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I really like that Kendrick line on the Mask Off remix by Future. And he's like, how did you let a conscience rapper, conscious rapper yes. go platinum yes. whilst only making conscious <laughs> albums? And it's yeah. it's like, well, yeah, how did you, how did that it happen? Is. And it's yeah. rare, you know, like for, uh-huh. so for Nipsey to hit number four uh, with a conscious album on his debut record. That's uh-huh. That's really, really powerful and really important, I think. All right, so what's the what's the second one? So I wanted to have a look at the kind of ties into this. Um, how many? It's a short bit, but how many motivational and positive messages are on Nipsey's okay. album? So I haven't run numbers on on any other albums, but um, yeah, there were eighty seven positive and motivational bars on Victory Lap, uh, and that's ten point two percent of the album, which out of okay. eight hundred and fifty three total bars. So, you know, 10.2% of that album was uh, had a positive message, um, yeah. was a motivational force. And I really like that because I think that's what Nipsey was, was doing. I mean, he was even doing it the day that he tragically passed. He was in mm. a store that he had created from the ground up in his own community where he employed people around him and he was talking about how to uplift the people around him. And that's just a really positive message you know that that came to such a terribly negative end and it it was such a juxtaposition i found um and i found it a very interesting thing to look at when whilst going through the lyrics of the album so that's over 30 30 you know combining them both that's a good that's a good 30 you know plus percent of you know um of conscious and motivation and you know on the motivational side, there's obviously, you know, many ways you can judge that, you know, motivation. I was actually, actually a little bit of a tangent. I was having a conversation with someone the other day and uh, kind of about Nipsey as well, where it was um, basically trying to categorize flexing. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, so basically how we categorized it was like there's two types. There's the motivational flex and then there's just the regular flex that we all know where, you know, I got chains, I got this, I got this, I got this. 
saying what you got. But then there's the motivational side where, you know, they're flexing. It's still flexing at the end of the day, but it's an aspirate, aspirational yes, flexing, basically. Yes. Where, you know, it's a, you know, I built myself from the ground up. Da, 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 you know, just saying, just, it's all about wording, obviously, you know, tone as well. And obviously this is very, you know, the statistic says that, but obviously l- deeper in that, as we're digging into digits, as we now got a title, so guess about yeah. that. Um, yeah. It's 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 you know it's 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 aspirational, where you know it can say to somebody that you can do this as well, you know, but and, and it's also giving lessons as well. So you know, I, I highly respect that. Yeah, I I actually ran some numbers on Jay Z mentioning Beyonce a few years ago, and it actually it did quite well, and. One of those was aspirational and just, you know, Jay-Z speaking on not not in a like in a braggadocious way, of course, but yeah. also like um, you know, I'm lifting myself up, I'm lifting my partner up and, and you can do it yeah. too. And yeah. This I think that's a really crucial difference. Like if you listen to something like maybe Migos or you mm-hmm. know, just heaps of heaps of music now that you wouldn't put in that emo rap category but that trap category and it's a uh-huh. very traditional part of hip-hop is braggadocious rap of course and it's you know you listen to rick ross and that's just like his his music just oozes luxury but it's not so much in it's mm. quite a disconnected um quite a like it sounds aspirational but he's not saying it in a way to inspire you, he's literally just listing all the incredible yeah. things that he's done and, and and is experiencing rather than giving yeah. you the tools or the blueprint mm-hmm. to do it yourself. And that's what I really liked about Nipsey's exactly. stuff because he was giving you the tools. He's like, I've got this and you can do it too. Exactly, yeah. I think, um, I think Jay-Z on that note is actually very interesting as a case study when you talk about, when, when we talk about, though, if we... Use my two flex, two types of flex theory. Like he toes that line very well of being both, where it is braggadocio, and you know that's widely accepted in hip hop culture. But there is a, but he does have that, and it, and it's and it's throughout his career actually, which is very very consistent, it, where he is it is flexing, it is I've got this, I've got that, but it is also a you know, a, a from the bottom kind of story. And mm. the way he toes that toes that line and sits on the fence, so to speak, is actually very interesting from, from a, uh, just from a nice perspective. But I totally, I totally agree with that Rick Ross line, honestly, because he, he, do, he does really, it does seem so far away, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> I don't know what it is about Rick Ross specifically, but it does seem so far away how, how, what was it? What the word you use? Luxury. How luxurious that uh, the world he paints. Um, it is very. Um, it is very a uh, golden throne kind of a uh, kind of rap, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I think you know there's the difference between that. I mean, Rick Ross is very uh, very eloquent in this, and I think it's similar to like watching a movie where you just like, yes. well, I could never be like that, but it's really yeah. entertaining to watch. Whereas Jay-Z, I mean, he said on Story of OJ, OJ about title specifically, he said, I'm trying to give you a million dollars worth of game for $9.99. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. that was crazy line to me. And people just well, aren't, a lot of when people criticize him, they don't really understand that he's actually trying to lift people up. And he and Nipsey were very, very close. So that is really unsurprising that they had such a close relationship because Nipsey, to me, 
was following a very similar path to Jay-Z in that, you know, Jay-Z's exactly. first album was very socially conscious and very much about, yes, this is the life that we live, but there are also mm-hmm. negative consequences to it. And I want something different for myself and here's how I'm going to do it and you can do it too if I can do it. And I felt like Nipsey was quite similar to that in his message on Victory Lap. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's definitely for sure. So um, what's, the, what's the last one? Okay, so the last one's the interesting one. So Crenshaw was Nipsey's 2013 mixtape, which got a okay. huge amount of press because he sold a 1,000 copies for $100 each. And he mm-hmm. made $100,000 in one day. So he had a little pop-up shop, which is very similar to the old days where rappers would sell bootleg CDs out the trunk of their car. Yep, out the trunk. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, out the trunk. So he had a little pop-up shop. He sold 100,000 copies in one day. Jay-Z bought, uh, I think he bought 10 or maybe even bought 100 copies. No, I think it was 10. I think he bought 10 copies himself because he really liked the message. So I ran the numbers right. on that. That's $100,000 in one day. So to 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 and and a thousand albums. So to sell a thousand albums in <laughs> yeah. one day, you would have to get fourteen point two million streams. This is remember, Eesh. Nipsey was entirely independent. Uh, he yep. had no promotional budget. You know, this is just the buzz that he built off the people around him. So if we look at the numbers now, Spotify pays you between six and eight point zero zero eight cents to the dollar for a stream. <laughs> For one stream. So each album sale via streaming, because there's 1,500 streams for an album sale. Stop me if I'm um, confusing, but (laughs) it it is quite confusing. (laughs) So 1,500 streams equals one album sale. So each album sale via streaming will make the artist and their label and everyone else whose hands are in their pockets $10.50. So to make the amount of money that uh, Nipsey made in that one day, the artist would have to sell 96,000 records in one day. So right. what's 96... Hang on, 96, 1, 2, 3, times 1,500. So stream-wise, they would have to... Their album would have to be streamed in one day 144 million times. Oi. Let me just double check that. That's yeah. That's that's correct. Wow. So wow. that's in one day, and Nipsey did wow. this independently. So what I've done is I've had a look back over the last couple of years, and this is the kind of you know, you know, Nipsey was doing this independently. All these other rappers who were posting these big numbers, and you see Drake on every single playlist on Spotify when he released his album Scorpion. So the label's <sighs> done some sort of yep. deal. And the algorithms are in his favor. And, and as soon yep. as you signed into Spotify, you just saw Drake. And imagine how many streams yep. he got out of that. So imagine Nipsey independently with literally none of that whatsoever. So the yep. only other two independent albums that I found that sold above that number first week, not only one day, but first week, were the Question Mark album by Tentacion. That was an independent album. And special effects by Tech Nine uh, in 2015. Oh, I love that album. It's a great album. So I love that album, bro. <laughs> how, how crazy is? But how crazy is that? That that Nipsey made a hundred thousand dollars in one day. Oh man. Yeah, man. That's mm. yeah. That's a that's a dream. That's a dream. So what I want to <laughs> ask you about that is because when I when I 
posted this statistic on Twitter. I actually retweeted it from my other account and said, do you think that this is going to be... Because we already seen Rock Marciano do something similar where he kept his album off streaming and sold it for $30 via his website. Yeah. Do you okay. think that in the future, as streaming just takes over iTunes and CDs and just becomes almost 100% of the sales that artists are going to get, do you think that there will be kind of a, a move back towards what Nipsey did with Crenshaw where artists are going to sell a, a physical CD and an experience or a you know mm. something extra and special for, mm. for really diehard fans to to actually make some money from music rather than having yeah. to make it from merchandise and touring and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, in an idyllic world, obviously, I'd hope so. Um, it's a, it's a, I think it's a matter of environment, honestly, because you're... I, I, was th- I was thinking about this while, you know, out the other day where I can't... I, <laughs> This is very personal. I can't, I can't, like, you know, get someone to listen to... I said this on my podcast actually the other day, um, where I said, I, I said, like, I can't even get someone to, I don't know, read my script for free. Like, it's not even, like, to option to buy or whatever, like, you know. I'm just, like, a mate. To, to, I can't even get them to read it, you know what I mean? So yep. it is a matter of... It is a matter of environment, I think, in that equation, where, you know, not if... Not not being around money or anything, but to have people that are willing to support you like that that is mm-hmm. a, that is an extremely tight support system to be willing to you know go and you know sell those sell those CDs or whatever out of the trunk and and market yourself in that grassroots way. Now on the Bandcamp, uh, you know, ex- exclusivity kind of thing, where you know Adele, Adele did this as well. You know, mm. she, uh, I think she was like strictly on iTunes or something like that, a, a no, no streaming kind of thing. Uh, so you know, some larger artists have done this, and you know, whether it's um, whether it's successful or not, I don't know because I, I, I just thought of it out of the blue. But you know, I hope it would be a thing, and uh, I would happily. You know, I do happily support that mentality of saying, you know, of of going against the grain, and saying, you know, if you if you if you're a real one, then you'll cop my stuff right there. And I feel that way most of the time anyway. Where you know, if, you know, if I do like something a lot, I will happily you know cop a hard copy on vinyl if the, if it, if it warrants it or anything else. I'd happily support someone like that, but. As a you know, this is this is personal. As a music person, as a person who likes music a lot and enjoys and you know enjoys listening to a lot, you know, I ain't gonna cop a hard copy every time. Hundred uh, yeah. you know, percent. I ain't got that. I ain't got that P. I'm sorry. I ain't got that P. Neither I ain't do got I. that much money. <laughs> so you know, it is a matter. There are you know a matter of a you know um, environment. It just um, if your fan base and you know, it is something to ask about. Um, you know, if you're local, you know, so if you're, if you're a local in London or wherever and you're lashing CDs or whatever, you know, every time, nearly a few times I've gone to shows and, you know, there's some dude outside when I leave and he's like, oh, here's my CD, da, da, da. And I take it, you know, I take it and I give what I can, you know, yep. it's, it's all good. I support that. I, I do support that kind of mentality and I do rate the fact, I do rate the fact that people do that. Um, 
I think I th- it was a it was another thing I said in my podcast about Nipsey where uh, one of the lessons he gave was like um, <sighs> just trying to think about it, just trying to think about it. I've lost my train of thought, but um, yeah, it's it is it is something I do uh, hope that people do, but I don't think everyone can be successful at it per se. It does ma- it do- it does require obviously a matter of you know self-determination and willingness for people not to do it and if they yeah. don't then you know where you and then you know where you're st- where you stand um obviously on in, on nipsey's side obviously the fact that jay-z caught wind of it is something you know yeah, so that doesn't that's, that's that doesn't massive. mean it was a completely local project um, the fact that you know word of mouth spread to Jay Z and he bought uh, uh, however many copies, that says a lot. But you know there are many artists that you know could attempt to do that, and it won't work. So I th- yeah, I think I think people yeah. are a little bit. No, I agree with everything. That was you a very said. long-winded answer, by the way. <laughs> no, no, no. I agree with everything you said, and it, it, it resonated with me a lot because you know when I was younger. Obviously, now we have Spotify and Apple Music and and Tidal and Google Play, whatever else there is. And we even said that it's just a beautiful thing. It's so liberating to have all this music at our fingertips. And when uh, illegal downloading first came in was when I was in my teenage years. And it was the exact same. It was like, holy crap, I could just buy, I could just get everything. I was spending all my money on CDs. And I was like, I don't have to spend $15 on this CD. I could get it for free and I could listen to so much music and this is a whole other conversation of course but I think what Nipsey did which I really respect now that I've personally become a creator because I had an issue a few months ago where a big account on Twitter was uh, stole a couple of my tweets and retweeted them themselves and when I emailed them about it they firstly they just blocked me immediately (laughs) and then they said to me the first response was lol how old are you and I said, it doesn't, doesn't matter how old I am, like you stole my numbers. And they basically said, these, these are the internet's numbers now. You know, these are anyone's numbers. Uh, we, don't, we don't know where they came from. And they man. thought that they had a right because I'd posted them to repost them for free. And so it's, it's, it's really not cool. But yeah. what it made me realize is how tough, because, you know, the numbers, the specific numbers took me at least a month to gather and I was really hurt by it. And I thought, man, now I finally understand these artists pour their lifeblood into this music and then yeah. Spotify puts it up and gives them seven cents to the point uh, zero zero seven cents to the dollar uh-huh. for a stream. And like yeah. how painful that must be and how hard it must frustrating it must be to then have to go and like sell stuff on instagram or travel the country to make your money rather than making your money from the hard copy of the art that is what people are connecting with that's the product really and that's why i really liked nipsey's idea because he found a way to monetize that and that's really powerful i think yeah it is it was a masterstroke like just from a business standpoint it was a master stroke you know just um it, it more like um like a you know supreme kind of thing where you know it's hype mm. and not, not not saying that supreme's positive anyway fuck fuck supreme and all that kind of shit but it is kind of the thing where it's just limited releasing and mm. it's exclusive and you know it is it is something that <laughs> it's similar to um 
there's three things I came off with actually. Like so, the first thing about that uh, it reminds me of um, don't know how much you're into basketball again, but um, <laughs> a big baller brand. The fact that they had their shoes up oh, for like yeah. basketball shoes for three hundred quid, like three hundred dollars or whatever. It's like at the fa- at the face of it, everyone was roasting them, but obviously that is a marketing that's a marketing thing, and I'm not a business person at all so i don't know what the logical uh, what the legal term is but it is a it is a kind of um a, a, a more extreme way of supply and demand kind of thing where you know it's just like we have this limited option if you want it you want it you have to get it like you know what i mean it's yeah. gonna be gone it's, you know, it is it is elite marketing and on the on the thought of um streaming like uh i've kind of had this you know in this past week i've kind of had this uh uh, mind turn about title and just the you know just the you know the the ethos of it because originally I th- I found it kind of elitist mm. you know it's just like oh 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 right so y- you're gonna take all your stuff and put it onto this streamer site like, okay what about the fans Jay Z what about the fans come on man yeah yep. you know what I mean what about the normal people that just want to listen to your music you know yep, what I mean yep, yep. and then. Now, in hindsight, I see myself as a fucking idiot because I'm just like, wait, st- let's stop for a sec. How much money do these people get per stream? Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and obviously, Tidal's the, the, the elitist, highest out of... The, the elitist yeah, is, is... Sorry to cut you off, but the elitist, like, this is what I had to do with a U-turn with my thinking. The elitist was Spotify and Apple Music. Like, they're the yeah, elitist yeah. ones. These guys are just the yeah. artists. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I, honestly, like, I've, I've kind of, I really hold my hands up to that because I held that opinion for a good while and it's only till recently where I'm just like, huh, I'm just actually trying to think about it going, all right, okay, I see now, I've seen the light. Um, and, you know, going back to the original question you gave me, um, another thing, that you, another factor you can add on to it is the fact that, you know, uh, hard copies of, you know, music numbers have gone up, like, you know, across... I mean, I know the UK numbers, but I don't know about um, Australia, but across the world, I think, you know, just, you know, the fact that people are buying more vinyl um, yeah, specifically, vinyl. you know, mm. is, is, is a step forward, um, is a step forward in some cases. I don't know how you, how much you can take it with a pinch of salt if you want to, but there is a step forward in the fact that people are, you know, if they really like someone, they will... Whole, there will be like everybody else under uh, over the age of uh, thirty, whatever, and buy a hard copy like they used to do. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? so yeah, and I think I think it, that that's, that small group of people buying vinyl, and it is a small number. I had a look at it; I haven't got the numbers oh, yeah. in front of me, but it, it's a tiny <laughs> amount. Like but three it, people. <laughs> it was, yeah, I mean, it's a small amount, but it is going up. But I think that is the hardcore group of music fans and yeah, artists. That's true. Artists tapping into that group is very, very important because those are the people yeah. that are really supporting you from, from, from every level, and they really care about your your art and your music. Maybe they can't even go to a show, but if you give them something yeah. like Nipsey did, something exclusive, something limited run, now that's yeah. going to have a lot of utility for them, and they're going to be willing to pay that. I mean, there was an artist in Australia that I really liked, a rapper, and. He was just did. I think he did a run of ten shirts, and he basically put them up on his Bandcamp and said, "You can pay all you want. Uh, you can pay five bucks if you want." And I paid a hundred dollars just because I really respected his grind and I know how hard he'd been working. Um, I, cool. One of my best friends is a harpist, and the amount of grind that she has had to put. She's an incredible musician. I've listened to a lot of music, but she is yeah. an incredible musician. 
and she gets a little bit, I guess, frustrated at the, how slow this this industry moves and how how much how much hard work the individual has to do. You have to be your own manager. You have to write the songs.、Mm. You have to do every.、Mm. You got to get yourself to every gig. And、mm. I said, like, I've seen this play out so many times in music. This is what you got to do. Unfortunately, you got to grind for years and years. And then once you build that really devoted fan base, they will spend it. You know, a thousand dollars on your album, and so I think maybe Nipsey's、uh, Nipsey's arc in this is a little bit harder to replicate because we're seeing a lot of art, young artists just blowing up very quickly. Like if you look at like Six Nine, Blueface, yeah, maybe they haven't built that devoted fan base up enough to、yeah. spend that amount of money on their music. Yeah,、um, damn, I, I, I don't, I don't want to go. <laughs> No, I just don't want to go into that that that、we'll、kind of, up, that kind of、uh, territory because I'll go forever. Conversation. <laughs> so I'll I'll happily take I'll just leave, I'll just leave that and let that settle. Yeah.、Um, but yeah, on the just like some final thought on Nipsey, honestly, like、um, just from a marketing standpoint, it is very fascinating. And like you said, I think in my opinion, I think it is hard to replicate. I think there are a lot of factors that have to go right, and. One of those things is consistency. You know, I mean, just、uh, you know, he's been doing it for the better part of a decade. Like, this is 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 isn't easy. So, you know, for people like you suggested, like the names you suggested, you know, it's been very immediate.、Mm. You know, what I mean, like a、uh, Blueface, for example, like literally what dropped like a couple of tracks like two years ago, maybe, and then dropped like Yana, and that, that was it. Boom. Record deal,、yeah. like you know,、yeah. it's not, it's not that kind of stuff isn't natural. You know, I mean, it's very, it's very test tubey. Yeah, it's、uh, very superficial. Industry plant. <laughs> I said the word. I said it. I said the industry plant.、It's,、That's what I say it a lot. I agree with the industry plant. It is. It's, it's, just, it's, it's a real thing. Being logical, it is. It is and that kind of business, I don't subscribe to at all. From even just as a, just even as a normal person, but especially as a hip hop. Semi purist, like it is just it's off putting. It's off putting watching labels just take, uh, take these people and just go and throw throw a record deal at them, throw money at them, and just like whatever happens happens. You know what I mean? And there's no longevity to it. So on you know on the fact that Nipsey is a method of doing it right, but it is not easy. But Yeah,、no, no, uh, I saw. Yeah, I saw like a. I saw like、about. a. Yeah, exactly. I saw like a picture of、um, like some rules that he had for himself, and uh, uh, one of them was that like don't jump, don't cut corners, kind of thing. It really、yeah. is kind of fact of life. If you if you want to jump the corners, you probably can、uh, in some ways, but it doesn't get you. It doesn't round you out properly. The lessons help, and、uh, on 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 Nipsey's side is kind is very, again is very admirable, and it is like a blueprint of how to do it right, but it is、yeah. hard. So you know,、uh, it's it's <laughs> it's just some it's just something you have to、um, sign up for, and you know if you, if you can do it, you can do it. If you can't, you can't. But Nipsey yeah, and could, I, and he did, know, and that's what was so unfortunate about all of this—the fact that he did,、mm. he could do it. We knew he could do it, and and just when he was blowing up in the you know the mainstream sense, it's just it's just gone. So yeah, and I think 
like this is why people have been affected so much and why his legacy will go on and why everyone's Twitter exactly. timeline was full of Nipsey stuff is because he exactly. lived his life according to his own values and yep. he projected that all the time through his music, through his actions. Actions so important. You know, how how much more important are actions and words? Like I watched a six nine interview on the Breakfast Club and the guy seems very intelligent, very insightful, but look at his actions. I watched a Nipsey interview, the guy seems very intelligent, very insightful, and he was. Everything he did was a positive was a positive move and that is what's going to create the legacy. If you don't compromise your values, if you don't cut if you don't cut corners, then you will have longevity and it's just it's heartbreaking that the community and his family have lost someone like that because that is a person and we need so many more of these people in the world because most people want to cut corners. Most people want the quick route to success. And Nipsey didn't want exactly. that. He wanted to do it yep. the right way. And that is so influential and so important. And, you know, obviously his influence would only have grown as he progressed through his career. And it just, I, I can't even imagine what his community and what his family is feeling like because I'm feeling like absolute shit in Sydney, Australia you know having hmm. having lost someone like that such an important person to this world i'm just yeah. you know glad that we um you know that we got we got what we got from him and uh he was part of the conversation and we still have his music thank thankfully um but you know it's just it's just a really terrible loss yeah um consider bearing myself um you know, it reminds me of that Kendrick lyric, uh, you know, one in front of the gunless river. So and that's basically what's happening yeah. right now. So <laughs> I don't even, I don't even remember the dude's name, like in, behind the gun. I just remember what's in front. So um, yeah, I want, I want, I, I, yeah. Let's let's leave let's leave that there. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, R.P. Nipsey, and you know, it's a, uh, and just and just to not leave this on, you know, such a drab note. Um, which six nine interview were you talking about? Uh, both of them. Okay, so the the second no, one. No, sorry, went... no, sorry. I can't say the first one. He said I let my nuts hang like several times. I couldn't stop laughing. Sorry, I can't take that. I can't take. Look, man. <laughs> I look. I've seen a lot of rapper interviews. Okay, I've, I watched the Breakfast Club religiously, and I watched him, <laughs> and the guy was. I don't know if he was fake smart, but like. The stuff he said made sense. And when I watched that one, the week, I think it was a week before he was arrested. It was his yeah, second yeah. interview. And I was yeah. just like, bro, w- I don't understand. Like, how are you so saying all this stuff? And it sounds, it makes sense to me. Am I crazy? Right. Because a week later he was in jail and now he's going to be in jail for a very, very long time. And he did some very, very silly, dumb things. And you know mm-hmm. what? He's the anti antithesis antithesis sorry to nipsey because he cut so many corners you know he just yeah he went for that viral success and oh yeah you know it was a huge year and he had everyone saying he was the hottest in new york but look he was the opposite and his legacy is gonna be nothing he's gonna end up in jail and people are gonna be like well that was a very silly experiment wasn't it and so if you watch that second breakfast club interview he seemed to know what was going on, and that's why I get confused. I'm like, he must be sitting in jail knowing this was going to happen. Like, yeah. Anyway, anyway, I might be the only person in the world who just said that 6 9 <laughs> is an intelligent person. 
But hey, I said it. I it's, said it's, it's, on, it's on wax now. It's out there now. <laughs> it's on wax now. <laughs> you can't take that back. <laughs> on, the, on, that, on that amazing note. Amazing <laughs> note. <laughs> this has been Digging in the Digits. I've been Charlie Taylor. <laughs> yep, I'm Ben Carter from Hip Hop Numbers. Uh, uh, well, the fifth element, Hip Hop by the Numbers. From the Fifth Phone Podcast Network and Hip Hop Band Numbers has been big digits. Take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. See you next All right. time. Peace. Digging in Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show was edited by me. Music for the show, Pete's from Video Games by Bonus Points. Thanks to Chill Hop Records for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by the numbers, bonus points, and chill hop records will be in the description wherever you're listening. Thanks for spending time with us, and we'll see you next time on Digging in the Digits.